Welcome everyone to a new episode of The Tap. I'm your host, author Andrew Hess. Today we are going to be covering AEW Dynamite. I apologize for the delay. I had technical difficulties yesterday, so I was unable to go ahead and record this uh, after watching uh, AEW Dynamite. But I wanted to bring you the coverage anyway. The reason why I wanted, I definitely wanted to bring coverage on this one wasn't because it was a great episode. Um, it was almost below average, like slightly below average for me when it comes to AEW. And that's a bit disappointing. I kind of feel like this episode really just kind of phoned it in. We had a couple of good weeks with AEW Dynamite where it was just extraordinary. I loved it. Every single, almost every single minute of it. I mean, there were little bits here and there that I didn't really necessarily agree with, but the last couple of weeks were great. This one just really fell short of the mark. Um, and it was mostly because of the really high amount of promos that they did this week. Now, I'm going to just ramble off how, like, I'm going to ramble off the whole card. Basically, everything that happened. And then I'm going to just kind of focus in on some of the good, like, the better moments of the show. Uh, we had Wardlow winning the TNT Championship from Scorpio Sky in the opening bout. We had a John Moxley promo. We had a Tony Nese, Mark Sterling, Keith Lee promo. We had a Christian Cage promo. Claudio and Hager promo. Uh, Swerve in Our Glory gets the win over Butcher and Blade, followed by a Team Taz and Young Bucks promo. We had a Malachi Black promo, an Eddie Kingston promo, a Dark Order promo, Roosh getting the win over Penta Oscuro, uh, Jay Lethal Sanjay Dutt promo, Mark Sterling and the Best Friends promo, uh, the Gun Club and the Acclaimed getting the win over Ruffinit and Fuego del Sol, a Miro video promo, Thunderstorm getting the win over, uh, over Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose, Jade and the Baddies promo, a Daniel Garcia promo, an FTR promo, and then finally John Moxley retaining the AEW Interim Heavyweight Championship over Brody King. So as you can see, there's a lot of promos. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen promos on the show and only one two three four five six matches so six matches 14 promos now don't get me wrong when i say this the some of the promos actually made sense and were and were beneficial um for at least carrying out or promoting either a storyline or a match for that night and that made sense. Um, having John Moxley and the Malachi promos, that was instrumental for your main event. John Moxley being the champion, cutting a promo saying, you know, that people kind of view him as the underdog for this, but he's he's loving everything. He's he's tough as as, the, as they come. I mean, he 
he winds up winning, you know, the AEW interim championship at Forbidden Door and goes right into blood and guts just for the fun of it. And then signs a contract to go and face Brody King. Like he was, he was really just amped up. Malachi speaks for Brody King to hype up the main event match as well. Um, and the main event match delivered. I mean, it was very hard hitting. Uh, I thought this was a, a, a great showing for both men. And I, I think that this kind of helps to elevate Brody King a little bit more when it comes to his, um, his standings in AEW. I mean, to be put, you, you're the muscle of the House of Black. You're the big guy that is hard to take out. So it, it, you would think really Malachi Black would be the one to challenge, but they put it as Brody King. And this puts him on a different pedestal now. Because now it's not you're the, you're the enforcer or you're the bodyguard or the muscle, whatever you want to call it, for that group. Now you're somebody that can compete on a main event level, which means TNT championship and eventually AEW championship, you're getting yourself put into a good position for. And not to mention with the, with the cross branding with ROH, it could put him back in line for an ROH championship or an ROH TV championship. I mean, the possibilities are endless with it. Um, so I definitely, I, I really liked the performance. I just wish that they would give, they would have given him a little bit of the mic work instead of Malachi Black to promote that main event. Um, FTR promo. I, it was just kind of out of the blue because they didn't have anything going on, but they are challenging the Briscoes. Um, and they will defend their tag team, their ROH tag team championships against the Briscoes at Death Before Dishonor. So I like that. Daniel Garcia's promo, again, I understand it because they're, um, they're going to have him take on Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure Championship at Death Before Dishonor as well. Um, so I understand it. Um, and I understand why they put it on Dynamite because they're, they're giving you a little bit more exposure to hype this pay-per-view. Um, so again, I understand it. Jade and the baddies introducing uh, Layla Gray as an interim baddie. I don't really think that this was necessary. I think this could have been held for a rampage, to be honest with you. Um, Miro's video promo. At first, I was just like, why is he cutting a random promo? He's not in a feud with anybody. But it looks like he's targeting the House of Black. So it's to open up, I guess, a future storyline with them. Um, We'll see how that one goes. The Mark Sterling promos with Tony Nese at his side, uh, trying to get Swerve Strickland removed from the roster, I think is just really ridiculous. Uh, and eventually it just gets to where the best friends are involved. Orange Cassidy says he won't sign anything without his lawyer present. And that out comes Dan Housen. And honestly, these segments with Mark Sterling, I just couldn't stand. But Dan Housen appearing was just made it complete comic relief. And I'm actually starting to really get behind Dan Housen now. Um, 
but I stand true to what I said. He's basically just a gimmick. He's there for comic relief, and that's what he's there for. Um, sets up the match for Orange Cassidy versus Tony Nese for a rampage this week. So again, I understand why, but it, to me, it's not as nearly necessary. Um, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt promo. Again, it's to hype up the match between Jay Lethal versus Samoa Joe for the ROH TV Championship at Death Before Dishonor. I get it. I get that they're trying to use Dynamite to help promote the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view. To me, it just, it really didn't make much sense to really have it there. Um, the Dark Order promo, they were in Rochester, so I, I get it. Brody Lee was from, uh, was billed from Rochester. That's where he was from. Um, they wanted to do kind of like a, a little thing for him, but in really, in reality, there wasn't much to it. It was just with the, you sit there and you put them, the dark order out there. Basically they're saying that those, those that are remaining right there in that ring, they're not going anywhere. Um, so, I mean, that, that was the good thing, but having negative one, basically you know, getting called out by QT Marshall um, was stupid. And then just him getting, destroyed by the dark order yeah it was good comic relief but i i really didn't need the segment you could have made it where it was just like dark order came out and you know you could have had it where they're saying that they're they're not going anywhere and negative one was going to you know be there always and you know and all this kind of stuff like you could have done it a little bit differently i i feel like um and you have more of the foundation or whatever the heck they're called, um, people who are there, I mean, you could have easily had them come out and just made it like a, a brief match or at least a, like a big brawl. You know, it, it could have been done a little bit better. Um, Claudio and Jake Hager's promo um, is set, setting the stage for next week, Claudio versus Jake Hager, which will be good. Um, the Christian Cage promo, he makes it seem like we're finally going to get the answer as to why Luchasaurus decided to stay with Christian Cage uh, and kind of just walk away from Jungle Boy. And now comes Matt Hardy. Christian Cage comes and uh, basically delivers some hard-hitting comments uh, referencing Jeff Hardy several times, um, which I... I Heel Christian, I, I'm loving heel Christian. Um, I just feel like he's kind of going a little below the belt in some of these comments. And that's fine because, I mean, honestly, um, with him doing these below the belt comments, they're not, I mean, they're not MJF below the belt comments, but they're a little below the belt comments. And it, it's just kind of, I don't know. Leaves an awkward taste sometimes. Now getting into a little bit more of the... Uh, oh, wait. Sorry. Um, the one that I skipped over... Uh, well, two of them that I skipped over. First off, Eddie Kingston's promo. Basically him saying that the, the feud between him and Jericho is not over. Um, 
he want he wanted to taste Jericho's blood, and he didn't get a chance to do that when it came to um this you know the blood and guts match and blah 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 and basically you have Jericho on a camera on uh, on the big screen and you have Ty Conti who had apparently uh, been attacking Ruby Soho who's good friends with Eddie Kingston uh, she's getting attacked backstage and you had her slam the door on Ruby Soho's arm or her hand uh, basically making it look like her arm is now broken from it all um, this is just going to continue to push this feud even further. And finally, uh, you had the Team Taz and Young Bucks promo, which occurred right after the Swerve in Our Glory match. Yeah, um, and I like how they kind of tied everything together. So Swerve in Our Glory have been having a little bit of issues as of late. They, uh, they competed on, I think it was uh, Dark or dark elevation and got the win. And afterwards, butcher and blade uh, came out and attacked them. And then uh, that same week you had on rampage, the Royal rampage match uh, butcher and blade were in the same ring with swerve and they worked together to throw him out of the ring. So it was setting up a tag team match between the two and uh, swerve and our glory managed to, for the most part, stay on the same page, except for one incident where Keith Lee went for kind of like the pounce. And as he was going for the pounce, I think it was uh, the blade pulled Swerve into the way. So Swerve was the one who got hit with the pounce. Um, but Swerve in our glory gets the win. The odd, the odd and awkward part of this is that Team Taz comes out, Ricky Starks sitting there and saying, we will not be disrespected anymore by you guys and all this kind of stuff, which didn't make sense because I haven't really seen any promos from Swerve in our glory going after team Taz. Um, but basically they wanted to have one more match with them once and for all type of situation. But before they can even get all the words out of their mouths, here come the young bucks who sit there and go, well, we're going to go ahead. And, you know, we beat you, you two teams couldn't beat Jurassic express. We did a couple weeks after that match. So we're going to triple down on things and we're going to do another trip, a three-way and they're booking it for the young bucks to defend the tag team championships against team Taz and against swerve in our glory, which I think is going to be a great match. Um, going into some of the other matches now, uh, I guess the biggest news coming out of the out of the whole show was Wardlow winning the TNT Championship from Scorpio Sky. I wasn't really impressed by this match. Um, no, I really wasn't. I mean, Wardlow was definitely a, a dominating specimen. Um, he can really go and just. I mean, he's a physical beast. He get it, this is a street fight, mind you. And you didn't really see a whole lot of um, weapons being used or anything like that. But um, you did see America's top team getting involved and Wardlow laid every single one of them out and then even got to a point where he picked up one of them with a gorilla press and threw him over the top rope onto the pile of the rest of them. Um, Scorpio Sky hits Wardlow with the TNT championship, expecting to get the win because he covered him right away. Wardlow kicks out at two and a half 
And Wardlow is able to bounce back from this. And when he bounces back, he hits that the Powerbomb Symphony. I think it was three of them that he hit. And finally, just puts his boot on top of Scorpio Sky to pick up the win and becomes the new TNT champion. First off, congratulations to Wardlow. I'm I'm happy that they gave him the TV the TNT championship. Um, I kind of feel like everything was too soon though. Like you could have drawn this out a little bit more. Um, you could have had, you know, America's top team cost him his opportunity for this TNT championship or some something along those lines. Um, I feel like Scorpio Sky has not had a chance to really have the t- the championship. I mean, he had it, and then he lost it back to Sammy Guevara, and then he wins it back from Sammy Guevara. And I don't really recall him defending the championship since then. So, I mean, it, it kind of became nothing. Um, so I'm really not happy with the title change necessarily, but it's, I don't know. I'm half and half on it. I'm, I'm happy for Wardlow and I want to see what they do with the title with Wardlow being champion, but I feel like it was too soon for everything. Um, and I kind of feel like that they need, they need to really incorporate the ROH championships a little bit more into the show or really use that all Atlantic championship, which I'm going to go and and talk about that in uh, just a few minutes as well, because there is a little bit of news for that. Um, but yeah, I feel like they need another title because there's so their their roster is so massive. I mean, it's like WWE when they just took over WCW times two. <laughs> like that's the way it kind of feels to me. Um, there's so much potential when it comes to that that organization, um, and their roster size is just massive. Um, so yeah, um, we're going to, we're going to move on. And I actually, I want to just actually quick pick up what I was just saying about the all Atlantic championship. The news from this week was that, uh, the current all Atlantic champion, uh, pack will be defending the title overseas. So it's going to be not just done on national television here in the States, but he will be going around the world also defending the, t- the championship as well. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that. And I know that they also said that Thunder Rosa is pitching to do the same thing with the AEW Women's Championship to go and be able to defend that uh, all around the world as well. Uh, my least favorite match of the night was the Gun Club and the Acclaimed getting the win over Roughing It and Fuego del Sol. I feel like that this was just kind of it wasn't a it wasn't a botchy match. It was just very scatterbrained, I guess you can say. And I and I understand why, because part of it was trying to make it look like the acclaimed and the gun club were not on the same page. Um, so much so that you see Max Caster hit the mic drop, um, but was tagged by Austin Gunn. 
uh, right before he jumped. And so Austin Gunn kind of like waits until Max Caster got out of the way and then picks up the win for the team. Uh, both the ass boys or the gun club, whatever you want to call them, and the acclaimed get into a shoving match. Gun club attacks them. Billy Gunn comes in to kind of break things up. And then Billy Gunn attacks the acclaimed and celebrates with his boys. Just wasn't a fan of it. This is something that they could have done on Rampage. It's something that could have been done on Rampage. You could have done it on Dark or Dark Elevation. It was not needed for AEW Dynamite. And finally, we had a women's tag match with Thunderstorm, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm getting the win over uh, Mar Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose, which was a very hard-hitting match. And I feel like there was good chemistry there for uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Um, I kind of feel like they're testing the waters when it comes to making a women's tag team division. Um which I mean, they have a roster size that could do it. They just need to actually put together tag teams um, and keep them because both Impact Wrestling and WWE have a, a huge issue when it comes to their women's tag team divisions. Impact Wrestling has an issue because their women, uh, their women wrestlers are basically their contracts keep coming up. People keep leaving. So it makes it very difficult for them to maintain a decent sized women's division, whereas WWE just continues. They have the depth of the women's division. They just keep breaking up teams, throwing teams together, breaking them up again for no apparent reason. So I'm hoping that if AEW does go with the women's tag team division, First off, you give them adequate time. Second of all, you build these tag teams up a little bit to make it a little bit more credible and you maintain it. Um, I think that all that could really potentially be um, a huge win because there's not been really a, a very successful tag team women's division, in my opinion. Um, so we are going to see what happens there. Um, in other news, we do have, um, a few other quick announcements. Pat McAfee has signed a contract extension with the WWE. Uh, so he is going to be there. Uh, he signed a multi-year deal. So Pat McAfee will continue to be a ring announcer and, uh, part-time, very part-time, uh, professional wrestler for the WWE. So congratulations to him. Uh, the United Kingdom Championship was relinquished this past week. Uh, Dragunov had to um, vacate the title due to a, an injury, it looks like, to his foot. Uh, they have not disclosed exactly what the extent of his injury is or what exactly happened to the injury. Um, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, and Adam Cole all continue to be on the shelf at the moment. Uh, Tony Khan said that he is trying to make sure that they are all uh, okay, Kenny Omega, who had been battling through several injuries uh, while he was still AEW World Champion at the time and putting on five-star matches, um, is taking his time recovering to make sure that he is completely better. So this way he can come back at full strength and be able to compete at the level that he was. Um, Brian Danielson, uh, I believe that it was a concussion that he was out with and he is still trying to get better from it. And Adam Cole 
has been he, he is still on the shelf as well uh tony khan just wants to take a little bit of extra precautions with him <sighs> all right i think that is it when it comes to our uh our uh, coverage for today i will say uh, i'm looking forward to rampage i did read the spoilers for rampage um i'm not going to go and and give anything away but i'm looking forward to watching rampage this week because of what i read um so i encourage everyone to go and tune in on that one and i will be doing coverage uh most likely not be on saturday it will most likely be posted on sunday so join us then until next time i am author andrew hess tune in next time to find out what's on tap <laughs>